Tampa Bay's Tan Talk. Entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Shirley Muldowney's story is a major chapter in American auto racing history. Her story is also part of a legacy built and nurtured by the National Hot Rod Association. Stars like Big Daddy Don Garlitz, Don the Snake Prudhomme, Tom the Mongoose McEwen, and of course, Connie Coletta became household names in a sport that exploded into the American consciousness with the Beach Boys, Jan and Dean, Little Deuce Coops, Gassers, and Rail Jobs. The film Newsweek magazine called one of the best American movies of the year, Heart Like a Wheel. She discovered a dream on her daddy's knee. I can take him. I know I can. She took the dream to heart. I want to marry him, Pop. There's not a man anywhere who is worth giving up your ability to take care of yourself. I can take care of myself. I always have. But when you're young, there are too many dreams and too many choices. Jack, it's important to me that we talk about this. Want to talk? Okay, we'll talk. Well, what do you think? Are you a professional racer? Big Mama Shirley Muldowney. It's a nice hobby, but that's all it is ever going to be. And the sooner you grow out of it, the better. It's not a hobby. Before you can be a winner, you have to put your heart on the line. You got more talent than I've ever seen. All you need to go major league is to just want to. You're gonna go up against Garlitz? I'm gonna win. And you're gonna be the best damn driver, and I'm gonna make you top fuel champion of the whole damn world! That is, if you still want me. Heart like a wheel. Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Radio Computers, Google Tad Talk, 1340.com. And you can see me live in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our uh, 600 and 
I don't know, three, four, five shows. Don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the archive page. Good evening, Bobby. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I don't know. How's my voice sound? Does it sound okay, or is it the mic? What? You said, oh, yeah, it sounds oh, like okay? a normal, normal radio voice to me. Normal radio voice? Okay, good, good. I just want to make sure. I just well, want you to can make talk sure. and do it. That helps. I can talk. Okay. Well, anyway, we have a very special guest for you this evening, an alumni guest coming on, so it should be interesting. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> I got a cough every once in a while. You know how that goes. <coughs> but anyway, anyway, pretty uh, pretty busy weekend. So what we do? Oh yeah, well, we went to uh, Showstoppers Collector Car Auction in Ocala, and I got to tell you, you know, for the first time out of the gate, they did a pretty good job. The venue I definitely like. Um, the World Equestrian Center. I like the location too. You know, it's right off the interstate there, not too far, off State Road 40 and 75, and uh, kind of gives me some ideas for maybe some future events. Um, but pretty cool, you know. MPD is right down the street. A lot of stuff going on in Ocala, so you know it's uh, kind of a groovy place to kind of hang out. I did not know, but I'm told that it is the um, uh, equestrian capital of the. I'm going to say United States for sure, possibly the world. I'm not sure. I would thought 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 I would have thunk that it would have been um, probably... Where's the Kentucky Derby, Bobby? Is that Louisville, Kentucky? Louisville, yes. Yeah. I would have thought it would be someplace up there. You no, know, I think it is. <laughs> Tennessee. I don't know, but the people down here in Floridia, Florida, um, like to lay claim to that. So, um, heck, I've been going to Ocala since the 70s. And um, it's always been horses up there. But there's horses everywhere. It's Florida. You know, people like to horseback ride. Anyway, excuse me. I might be doing it a lot this evening. I'm not sure. Well, there's a lot of pollen out there. Is that what if it is? you drive a black car, you'll know. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we have dark <laughs> gray, have so a... that's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So Showstoppers was a blast. I like that. Then uh, what did I do Saturday? That was Friday. Saturday I went to Orlando because the uh, Jaguar Club of America, no, the Jaguar Club of Florida had a uh, meeting over there. So I went over to that. That was actually kind of interesting. I enjoyed that. And uh, a lot of nice Jags out there. Uh, a lot of 120s, a lot of 140s, one or two 150s, a bunch of E-types, uh, a Mark 9, which is a big sedan, and then there was a guy with an SS. Now, an SS, it was called SS before World War II, and Jaguar changed the name from SS to Jaguar, Jaguar, because um, nobody wanted the SS affiliation. So, kind of cool. But they, there was a guy there. Now, you know... I'm not the smartest guy on the planet. I'm not a mechanic. I'm a tinker, kind of, you know. But uh, sometimes you just can't fix dodo. Um, is that a polite way to say it? say stupid. I can say stupid. Okay, you can't fix stupid. So here's this guy. He's got this Pimpcolade or Escalade, whatever you want to call it, and um, short wheelbase car. And uh, he, everybody else had track, uh, trailers, you know, for the nice cars. So after the event was over, this guy, I don't know if I posted, no, I didn't post it yet, um, had this little tri-bar, little jack-em-up, whatever you want to call it, uh, tow bar that he hooked to the front bumper of his mid-30s SS sedan, which is a relatively rare car, actually. And... Uh, he kept slamming it forwards and backwards trying to get this thing, and it has some sort of like little, look like little shock absorbers in it. But anyway, it was totally the inappropriate way to tow a car. Totally. 
especially anything of that caliber. I mean, just spend the money, get a trailer. You know, even if you had an open trailer, anything would have been better than that. But this guy was flat towing. You ever heard of U-Haul? Ah, uh, yeah, even pretty U-Haul, nice trailer. Yeah, really. I mean, I just so we're all standing around here watching this goof. Um, you know, and I mean, he spent thirty minutes trying to get the thing adjusted somehow. And then I got busy talking to somebody else, and suddenly the car and the and the tow along were, were all gone. So I have no idea. Maybe I remember uh, back in the day they used to have these little look like a little you know triangular shaped thing, and it hit you fit on your hitch, and then it kind of broadened out, and you would kind of bolt it to your front frame rails. Now a lot of guys did that back in the seventies, sixties, and seventies when they were towing the cars at a drag strip. Um, usually not a real expensive car, for the most part. But I remember my salvage yard in Clearwater. I had a, I sold an old three fifty six uh, convertible. Now that I think back on it, I wish I had it because it's worth a bunch of money. But anyway, never, never, nevertheless, and the guy shows up with this makeshift goofy tow bar, and he's trying to rig up some sort of clamps and stuff like that to tow this thing. Well, you know, if it's not set up right, it's going to go to the left, go to the right, and the wheels are going to turn. I mean, you got to tie the wheels down. And uh, I don't know. You know, that guy went down the road, and there was. I mean, I felt sorry for the guy, but, you know, he was, let's just say, thrifty. Um, and uh, I don't know if he ever got that thing back to Orlando. I think it was only towed to Orlando. But, gee whiz, you know, if you saw something like that going down the road, you might be a little concerned. It would definitely raise some eyebrows. But this guy with the SS, that kind of boggled my mind a little bit. That I thought that was totally inappropriate. I remember, excuse me, back in, let's see, when was that? That was probably the mid-'90s. Um, this guy had this very rare Abarth Alfa Romeo X race car, one of six built. The car somehow magically appeared in the United States in the 60s and 70s after it was raced. It was a late 50s car. Aluminum body. And a bubble top because most of the A-bars back then, you know, for head clearance, helmet clearance, whatnot. And that was kind of like the style back then. It's kind of back in fashion now. And uh, so this guy was renting this property from a friend of mine. And we had to go in there and we had to move a bunch of cars. Now, I'm there with a rollback. Full-blown wrecker, rollback, you know, the whole nine yards. I could have very easily towed, towed that race car out of there. So I was over there. I don't know if you remember Dave, the Alpha guy from St. Pete. But anyway, so when I went into the garage, this old wooden lean-to behind this old wooden house in St. Petersburg, south side of St. Pete, in the Lake McGorry area, he had a Fiat one. 24 in there. No, an Alfa Romeo uh, 1100, excuse me, and a Fiat 850 Spider. And just to give you an idea how light these cars were, they, a couple guys, like four of us, could pick the front end of the Fiat up, set it on the front of another car. That's how light it was. So these things were wedged in this garage. So we pulled those things out. I could actually get two of those cars on the back of my bed, which I did. But before I did that, I was watching the guy with the Abarth Alpha, or no, the the. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think what it was now. It was it was it was a rare Alfa Romeo. But what happened was, the car wound up in the United States, and it didn't have with racing history at Monza and places like that back in the day, and uh, and road courses around you know uh, Europe, Spa, and maybe even race at Le Mans. I don't know. But the original motor was gone. Somebody put a Capri Ford Capri motor in it, like a. a, a 
2300 or something like that. So I had the wrong motor. No big deal. Still a rare car. Aluminum bodied. So the guy shows up with a tow dolly. Now, tow dolly is a little bit different. Tow dolly, basically, you drive your car up, and it's got two little buckets in there, and you strap it down, and away you go. Now, he shows up with this old, beat-up old Volvo, because the guy was in the Volvos. And he was a real engineer, geeky kind of guy. So Dave says to him, why don't you let Robert tow your car from here to Tampa? And the guy goes, nah, I'll do it myself. In other words, he was too cheap. I said, fine, whatever. So we're watching him strap this thing down. But you should have seen the tow dolly. The tow dolly was almost as bad as those tow bars. That's how bad that thing was. I mean, it had two different size tires on it. It was rusty. And the bucket things wouldn't work. We had to lift the front end of the car up, set it in the bucket thing for him. Then he strapped it down. Sometimes you just can't. It just, it just, seriously, people, it just boggles my mind. Just crazy, 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 crazy stuff that some of these people do, especially with the very, very rare cars. You know, now granted, they weren't a ton of money back in the day, but obviously a lot of these collector cars, if you go to bring a trailer, you can see how valuable some of these cars are. Extremely valuable cars. Let me give you a little rundown on some of the car shows that are coming up. Obviously, if you want to know what's going on, flacarshows.com. we got Bear Jackson coming up in a couple weeks. DRT, which is Das Ren Treffen, which is for all his Porsche freaks. That's in South Florida, Miami this weekend. Uh, British Car Show in Orlando, again, another one, but this is like a, a bigger one. Um, Sumter County Swap Meet is this week, first Sunday. Uh, Moultrie Swap Meet is this weekend. Columbus All Ford Swap Meet is this weekend. A lot of stuff going on, and those are only just a few that I know of that I'm kind of paying attention to. So there's a lot of really cool stuff. And then Tuesday here in downtown Clearwater, if you like classic 60s music like we do, the zombies are appearing at the, is it called the Billheimer? The Billheimer Capital. The Billheimer Capital Theater. So that's kind of cool. We've actually reached out to them, see if we could get uh, one or two of the original members on the show. In fact, one of the guys, Ron Argent, and if you remember the group Argent, which came out and which was real popular in the early 70s, their song, which, in fact, we had to play that song, Bobby. I think that's what the one you had to cue up right now. How about play Hold Your Head Up by Argent? And then we'll play the other one um, when our guest comes on. Sounds like a one. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Bobby's going to pay you a little argent. Well, Bob, Bobby needs some time to. Oh, Bobby needs to some get time to get this. Oh, okay. Well, you know, of course we could have played the zombies. I mean, you know, oh, she's not you there. Oh, want to hear Cherry Hill Park now. No, 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 no. We'll do that okay. one later. Let's let's play the argent. I think All that's right. kind of cool. I like that song. Yeah. We want to hold our head up. I'm going to hold my head up and and blow my nose. That's what I'm going to do. But anyway, <laughs> hey, we will be right back here. Uh, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You know, if you want to. Find out about uh, some of the most fascinating legendary names in motorsports. This is where you want to be every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. Right, Bobby? Here's Little Argent. They're coming into town. Well, actually, the zombies. Uh, Tuesday. Clearwater. Our own backyard. Hey, don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back. You know, that's a cool sound. Uh, Gator Nationals just a few weeks ago. By the way, HSR, my good friends over there at Historic Sports Car Racing, they've got the uh, Spring Fling Sebring thingy going on here in a couple weeks. Check out that, HSR. I love vintage sports cars. I just like vintage cars. What can I say? You know, today, modern-day race cars, really, they're, I mean, with the exception of drag racers, um, pretty much spec racers, you know, they're all the same. It's kind of driver talent, but, you know, when you got technology there where you just push a button, do this, do that, then it's really just the size of your nerves, so to speak. Um, let's see, what else is this? HSR, man, just mine just slipped. Uh, something else is going on. And uh, But anyway, so, yeah, definitely check out HSR because I'm going to try to make it that event. A lot of cool stuff going on. Um, Bobby. What yeah, I got, I got excited when it said the caller ID said Auto Nation, but uh, <laughs> it turns out it's not really Auto Nation; it's just a spammer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. All right, so uh, Sunday, Go you ahead. know, I did, or was it Monday? I'm not sure what day it was. Sunday, Monday, Monday, what did we do? I don't know. I think we just we we actually dug out the old MGB Miss Money Penny, and we bled the brakes. and we took her out for a little spin. So she's almost road ready. <laughs> Roadworthy, road, road, road worthy. Uh, worthy. That's All the right. word I was looking for. That's the word I was looking for. Um, I need to carry a thesaurus with me or something. Continue. But anyway, uh, and so we took her down the road a little ways, and she seems fine. And uh, it's just that uh, the roads are just really cluttered with other cars. Traffic, I guess they call that these days. And uh, so, but she'll be out there roaming around. So we'll take her to some car shows again because she hasn't been out. And then we dug out the old 65 Mustang convertible because we're trying to get that thing put back together so we can sell it and move on to other things. Yes. So, uh, yes, I'm tinkering with my own stuff. Bobby, I think what we're about ready to do is send it in, since it's still uh, the month of March, and it is it is March, right, Bobby? It is March. Uh, it's March. Okay, so um, it's my mom's birth month also, by the way. and uh, But it's Women's History Month. So I think it's only fair that we have um, uh, another very well-established lady in motorsports on our show again. So uh, Bobby's going to go ahead and fire up the stereo. Are we playing the zombies or Cherry Hill? I think we should play Cherry Hill. Okay. That's kind of early 60s, isn't it, kind of Cherry Hill? Or was that later? I'm not sure when that was. I don't even remember who did that one. Billy Joe Royal. Pickle Joe Royal. Okay, here's a little... Uh, 1969. 69? All right, well, all right. Well, it's still in the 60s, so we just we made the cutoff. Anyway, hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Game Cars. Don't touch it. Doc, we'll be right back with our very special guest for the evening. 
and she said okay. She went away to play a one-man game, and since that day it ain't been the same. 'Cause Mary Hill was such a thrill and a delight. And Shirley Muldowney goes straight ahead for the win. When they look over and they see that pink car, something about that pink color makes them shake in their boots. I used to uh, feel as though the fellas were really for me, you know, really wanted me to uh, stay in the top fuel ranks. But uh, there seems to be a lot of sour grapes as far as the boys are concerned. I love beating them. That is the reason I'm staying in it. And here is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney, the only woman licensed to drive a top fuel dragster. They think it's a male sport. It's not a male sport. It's just that, you know, I'm a race car driver. I just happen to be a woman. That's all. Doesn't make any difference. I just love to get to the boys. I just love the tantrums they throw, and they kick their cars and beat their cars with their helmets, and it's great. I like it. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to do, uh, welcome our very, very special guest back to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'm delighted to welcome the first lady of drag racing, Automotive Hall of Fame recipient, Shirley Muldowney. Shirley, how are you this evening? I'm great. Where did you get all that stuff? <laughs> you know, they have this little thing called the Internet. And so a lot of times when I have guests on the show, I try to, you know, kind of help the show out a little bit and try to find all these cute little clips and put them all together and welcome you to the show. Well, thank you. You probably make your share of enemies. (laughs) Why? I thought that was kind of cute. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what? It kind of brings up something because I've I've met you before, obviously, and I've seen you. uh, You've been on our show before. And a lot of times when I go out to SEMA, um, you know, you're there, um, and you're up there at the NHRA breakfast and stuff. And you know, the the word attitude comes on, and and I've listened to a number of your interviews, and rightfully so, because when you're out there, you know, and and I'm not was I was kind, of, I'm very close to my mom, so I have a tremendous amount of respect for women. Okay, so when and back in the day when I used to go to Lakeland and and places like that, when I used to watch you guys race. And Gainesville, and uh, you know, I thought I was actually rooting for you. I really was. I thought it was really, really cool. And just like you said, it doesn't matter. You, you're you're a race car driver like everybody else. Whether you wear, uh, whether you're a lady or whether you're a female or whether you're a guy, it makes no difference. You're out there. You're just as competitive, and you work just as hard, and are entitled to all the wins and everything you did because hard work and tenacity put you where you are today, the first lady of drag racing. It it, it did. Uh, you know, I have to admit that. Uh, you know, I had to. 
Oh, I had to just keep my dukes up most of the time. In the early days, they didn't have the respect that they have now. You know, we have a you know a lot of young people out there today, and uh, a lot of females. More a lot coming up through the ranks in the alcohol classes and uh, the pro mod classes. Uh, I'm really impressed with uh, all the young girls. I I think they're doing a marvelous job. Well, you. You can take credit. You blazed the trail. Well, I took all the abuse is what I did. And uh, they don't have to put up with that now. And that's good. <laughs> they shouldn't have to. But, you know, I, I watch television interviews. I kind of know where they're going with most of you know, the, uh, the comments. Um, they, <laughs> they, they get their licks in, too. So. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. And, and maybe that's what it takes. I don't know, but the cars really pretty much uh, spell it out today. It's not, not so much the drivers as it is the cars. Uh, that's the, the real true talent out there. Uh, it's just they're amazing. Well, you know, I was going to bring that up because the, um, I've, I've had some people on my show here. I had Don Prieto on a while back, and you may remember him from back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And, um, and I was going to play um, Don McClellan, um, Dave McClellan, excuse me, um, yeah. the voice of NHRA. But I figured since it's women, I, I grabbed Linda because she was on our show many years ago. But at any rate, um, where I'm going with this is that the racing today, and I'm going to just say in road racing, IMSA, um, not so much IMSA, but let's just say road racing, IndyCar, stuff like that, a lot of it's gone towards, and Formula One, it's, it's almost like they're spec racers, okay? and But drag racing is still kind of, raw and pure and 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 real racing i mean you know you're right the technology there has made it better for a lot of people and uh to advance to the to the levels that they are but i'm i'm an old schooler and i really am into the vintage cars the vintage race cars and that's kind of what i wanted to t- share you know you have you share with us a little bit you know it's a little bit your perspective on on racing back then and you were at the gator nationals here a couple of weeks ago weren't you I was, yes. I like that race. I won it twice. I think I was runner-up once. Maybe not. But uh, uh, my memory isn't quite, uh, you know, as far as wins and losses. Uh, you, you remember the special ones. Mm-hmm. And there are some you don't want to remember. <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, the, the, the classes are still pretty much as competitive as they always were. But there aren't as many cars. We used to look at 32-car fields. Um, we used to look at uh, cars that you, you know, you actually fuel cars that you had to shift, and uh, now and have they have been for many years direct drive, but uh, with all the technology and all the, uh, the 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 knowledge these crew chiefs have gained, and they, they're really smart guys. I mean, I give them a lot of credit. I think that's more competition in the sport than than the drivers, somewhat, but. Uh, the, you know, the cars are a cakewalk. The championship is a crapshoot. The, uh, you know, the, you know, they chopped 320 feet off the end of the racetrack because, you know, they were sniveling that they were afraid. Well, if you're afraid of the kitchen, you need to get out of it. Wait a minute. Now, I, I have, I, I saved one more clip for you, okay, and... You're up in North Carolina, so I don't have to worry about you swatting at me. But anyway, there, you were on Johnny Carson one time. 
Bobby, can you roll this? I want to, I want to play this clip. The I find him cute and humorous, okay? There's nothing offensive about it. Don't get mad at me. But I thought it was funny. But go ahead, Bobby, roll this clip real quick, because this is cute. I like this one. Well, from the dead stop through 1,320 feet, we travel about 260 miles an hour. About five and a half seconds. If you run a six-second run, you're driving a lemon. <laughs> That's a lemon. Oh, yes. And we have a timing system called a Krontek system right. that uh, it doesn't lie. It's very unforgiving. And then they also have a time react, a reaction timer on the starting line that tells everyone and God how right. slow you were on the lights. And you uh, have to live that down in the pits. Now, I thought that was cute. Do you remember that? True. Every word of it is true. I absolutely it is. remember it. I said every word. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the, the sport is very unforgiving. And, uh, you know, there are, you know, some racers out there that are telling everybody how to do it. I'm wondering how we ever got where we are today without these some of these new drivers. And I'm talking to some of the females. They just know it all. And guess what? They don't know it all. Uh, the only female out there now, today, in all fairness, that knows it all is Erica Enders. She raised pro mod, right? She raised, no, pro stock. Pro stock, I'm sorry, yes. Does she? I don't know if she still does, but she has driven pro, pro mod. That's a very testy class. Uh, you better know what you're doing in those cars. I think it's a, it's a hard car to drive. I think pro stock is a, a, a very hard car to drive. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't venture into pro stock, um, even knowing what I know. <coughs> it's not a class that appeals to me. Uh, but Erica Enders is, uh, she's the real thing. Let's, let's be very honest. Well, now let's go back to your early days. Um, when you raced your 63 Corvette, now what class, was that stock, super stock? Remember back in the day? I have no idea. I had seven Corvettes that I drove to work and also drove uh, at the racetrack. And I couldn't tell you what cl- They were stock type classes. Okay. I don't know the ETs that I ran uh, or the mile an hour, but I do know that I run 90 mile an hour in a eight mile track at Fonda, New York. And it was a uh, uh, an eight mile track that was the pit road, the only paved road, pit road that went down through the center of a dirt half mile oval that they ran on Saturday nights. And uh, I mean, you talk about danger. It was, uh, we were taking our life in our hands uh, every Wednesday night. It didn't have any idea how dangerous it was. Uh, you know, I'm thankful that the sport is as safe as it is today, that NHRA has given us, and, and me as well, uh, you know, the best there is to offer. And that's what it took uh, to, you know, clean the sport up and make it safe for every class out there, not just the fuel classes. Because, you know, you can you can fight it at 100 miles an hour just as easy as you can 300 miles an hour. Now, your fastest run was what? A little over, you, went, you went a little over 300, right? I went over 300 a lot of times. Uh, my fastest was 327 with a 66, so that's 328, anybody's money. And I did that in my retirement year. With a six-year-old car. Oh. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, all these uh, uh, new kids on the block, they have new new pipes twice a year. Somebody else is paying for it. They, they you know, they talk a good race. But, uh, you know, I, I've watched them go out first round the last three races. 
So, you know, it's, again, very unforgiving, and the sport can bite you, and it can humble you every week until you have that. I mean, you have all complaints. You blame it on the wheel. You blame it on the toe. It's Goodyear's fault, and it's, it's the um, it's the the nitro isn't uh, the percentage is wrong, and they find all kinds of excuses for not getting to the you know the win light. But uh, as I'm sorry, as, as it uh, what I want to say is if it uh, uh, you know if the the sport is if the, if the sport grows every year, it's all relative. When I ran, it was you know 250 mile an hour, uh, and 300 mile an hour was, uh, you know, it was far, far away. Well, all of a sudden, if they don't see 300, they yawn. That's the they being the fans. They're they're kind of uh, they're kind of spoiled. They get to see those big times and the big numbers, and that's what we're in show business. That's what they want to see. Interesting that you mentioned that because you know how they used to have the exhibition runs, you know, like Tommy Ivo did his stuff back in the day, and. And uh, racing. That's the races we got paid to run at Independence. Yeah, I remember them well. That's what uh, kept me alive in the nineties. So when, well, Emily, I just want to ask one other question: Have you ever considered being a commentator for NHRA, IHRA, AHRA? I don't even know if they're still in existence, but any of the the uh, hot rod associations. They, I've been in the booth a couple times, uh, both with. Uh, um, Tony Pedregam, who I admire a great deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there are some, you know, some very sharp drivers out there that have go- gone into the booth and 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 uh, shown that they can they can pull that off as well. But uh, <laughs> I, they don't bring me in the booth very often because they're afraid of what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, there's nothing. Hey, listen, I appreciate your honesty. Let me ask you this, though. Now, given the cars today and what you know about the cars today and given the ranks that you grew up, you know, and this has always been a comment I meant, I, I always say when, when I talk, because I interviewed a lot of road racers and, and, and people like that and and, 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 dry, and rounding around racers. And it's like those guys back in the day, including yourself, worked in the cars, wrenched on the cars, understood everything there is to know about the cars. Today, the drivers, and this is why I always jokingly say, well, they're just basically, you know, walking billboards and, and they're spec drivers, spec racer drivers, you know, because they just get in the car and you're basically, like you said, you're, the car does everything for you. All you have to do is push a button and have a, I mean, even the reaction time today, I think, is just how fast you take your finger off the trigger, basically, right? Well, it's not really. You know, reaction time is, um, and maybe they have these these mock reaction timers back home in the garage and they sit there all week on and they I don't think that's worth a darn because it is what it is at that given moment. Any driver out there, no matter how good they are and how many great reaction times they've had, you can have brain fade on that starting line and almost anything can happen to upset the apple cart. And it, it's just, you know, reaction time is good if you've got it, but you don't have it every single time. And the thing I don't like about the thousand foot racetrack is if you you know, if you're not on the on the money, on the starting line, it's there's not enough real estate to gather a, 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 the other car up and pass them. Uh, you, I used to like racing back when you could, somebody could leave on you because you had your, you know, a bad day on it, but you could, with the horsepower and the tune-up, you could drive around <coughs> to win the race. So that's when there was, you know, the driver made decisions back then. Today, 
the driver doesn't make any decisions. The cars make the decisions, and the crew chiefs make the cars. You know, talk turkey on <laughs> on race day. Okay, no, I get that. Okay, so then, how do you, as a driver, feel about that? I mean, what goes through your mind? You're saying, well, wait a minute. I used to be in control. It's like somebody else is calling the plays. Wait a minute. Because just like you said, when you're sitting in that seat and you're on that line and you're watching that tree, it's a whole different world. Well, I had a specialty. And I'll tell you, there's someone else out there that's really good at that same trick, and it's called the deep stage. And during the 90s, when I was match racing and doing independence everywhere from from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, to, to uh, uh, Tokyo, Japan. What I specialized in is dropping that type, a top light out. And I would do it at a given time. I'd go in and I would pre-stage, put my first light on. Then the, the guy, my competition or whomever, would, would put their top light on. And I would go in and you don't have to be the, you know, always be the first one or the last one stage. You should never get yourself into a situation where it has to be that. And every driver out there knows your habits. You Mm -hmm. have to be versatile. You you know, left lane, right lane doesn't make any difference. Do your thing in whatever lane. But when he's putting that, finally putting that bottom light on, that's when I drop the top light out. And that's just enough to rattle their cage. And it <laughs> the difference between winning and losing. So I you you gotta watch those lights and you gotta be right. You gotta be consistent in so many ways. Take- the car can go out there. I'm sorry, the car can go out there and it can flutter a little bit and you can you know, you can um quick step the throttle. I mean you can barely even hear it, but sometimes you'll see the front wheels come up a little bit. And uh, all of those things can win races for you. Uh, it's not all out of the driver's hands, but the, the newer drivers, most of it is. When you t- all right, take us through this. The, what goes through your mind? What you do? You're sitting there. You're on the. You're on the light. You, all right. You, you just click the top light. All right. And trees about ready to take off. What's going through your mind? And what controls do you have back in the day? You know, let's say when you were in your prime. What were the controls? That you, take us through, the, let's say, the procedure. Is it something? Is that something you can kind of walk us through to kind of give us a feel for what it was like? The way I did it, the way I did it, yes. Uh, uh, you know, I always tell a driver, slow down. I'll tell a new driver or someone that comes up and asks me a question or what I think. doesn't always work for every driver. Everyone's different. But uh, slow down, go on up, and put your top light on. Death grip on that brake handle. And you wait to see what uh, Joe's going to do in the other lane. And finally, they have seven seconds to go in and light that first light on their side. And, uh, you know, it didn't used to be like that. You could play with your competition on the starting line. Now, there's an automatic timer. If you go over seven seconds between a stage and a pre-stage, when your competition is set, both lights lit and ready to go, if you on that starting line past seven seconds, you're going to get an automatic red light. So I had an incident when I came back uh, after staying out of the NHRA for a number of years. Uh, people thought I had retired, but we only did that because we didn't have sponsorship. It had nothing to do with like and dislike NHRA. Uh, I, like, I wanted to run their races, but I just didn't have the funding. So I ran Gainesville 
in uh, 2000, maybe 2001 or two, and I qualified uh, on a run next to a young Australian driver, and uh, he was feeling his oats, and he was driving for um, um, Daryl Gwynn, and he went out and blew the tires off and uh, overdrove it and uh, had a bad run. Well, we got down the other end, and he was over at my car, wasn't even out of the uh, the seat, and he's running his mouth. Well, I came out of the car, and we are face-to-face huh. with helmets on. So he, he, he was, you know, talking smack, and so I smacked him with my glove and then pushed him and invited him to come on into my office, and I was going to give him a lesson. <laughs> um, well, he was dead wrong because he blamed me for taking, burning him down, and he, he didn't know about the seven-second rule on the starting line. So it was kind of dumb on his part, but he get, got himself a reputation, and he never really lived that down. Every racer there, including, including his car owner, uh, was on my side. So many years later, he called me from Australia and told me how much he learned from me on that given day and how much respect he had for me. And, and I loved it, and I never forgot that. That's a good story. That's a really nice story. I have great stories, I could tell. Wait till I write a book. <laughs> a lot of them are going to head for the hills. You, you need to do that. Um, let me ask you this. <coughs> Outside of Garlitz, who are some of the other um, drivers? I mean, is there anybody out there that you wanted to race or you couldn't race, or was it just a game of attrition? Or uh, Kind of take us through that a little bit. I, I like your questions. I can. You know, there are a number of drivers out there that I had a great deal of respect for, but, you know, I was it was a claw and dig and scratch, and it was, you know, anything to stay alive out there. Of course, we were fighting the... the, the the finances, the the conditions were not uh, anything like they are today. I think I've said that three times already, but uh, we just didn't have these well-lit super speedways, and uh, they were, you know, some of the tracks were narrow, short, dim. <laughs> the, light, the lights went out in the, in the traps. Uh, we didn't have all the the niceties that they have today. I have to keep saying that because it's right. It's in my face every time I watch a, um, an event on television. I go, oh, you know, if I had only had all of this, what they have today, I would have done so much more than I was able to do. But uh, it, uh, Richard Tharp was a little bastard. Excuse my friend. <laughs> it's okay. And... Uh, uh, good little driver, but he he just couldn't get off that that uh, uh, male versus female thing. Uh. Terrible. He took it to the uh, uh, he took it way too far. But Garlitz was he was the main man, and he hated me, and I hated him, and it was the real thing. And it, what it did was it filled the stands. I mean, beyond capacity. And uh, there was, uh, you know, in the in the '90s, uh, fought a championship for a championship in IHRA against Doug Herbert. Uh, Doug, we were good friends, but uh, he he just he did not want to see that pink car ahead of him. It 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 really took 
a lot a lot of wind out of his sails. Uh, I won Incredible Norwalk in 95 against him, and we both went in. I dropped that top light out, and so did he. And we went out, and it fluttered, and we pedaled it, and both cars lifted the front wheels off the, the ground at the same exact time. It was a thing of beauty. And we went down through there, and I... I won the race by, you know, not inches, maybe, you know, half a car. But uh, Doug took that. He took it hard. He took it very hard. I could see there were tears in his eyes. So, uh, you know, we weren't fooling around out there, and I wasn't their favorite gal, I'll tell you. Who would have been, uh, let's say, like a gentleman racer towards you? Uh, Let me think about that. Holy mackerel. Uh, guy, Jody Smart. <laughs> Great name. Texan. Uh-huh. Jody Smart. A, a real gentleman. Um, I ran John Force once. His my top fuel car against his funny car. Really? Oh, yeah, in Phoenix. And it was, you know, <laughs> we clawed our way to the finish line. He was a gentleman. He, I won the race only because of aerodynamics and weight uh, difference. But, uh, you know, I've raced a lot of great guys that if it bothered them more than, you know, they let on, uh, they hit it real well. Uh, some drivers that were horrible to me in, in, in very, very bad ways back in the day, um, are some of my good friends today. Well, that's good. Um, are, oh, yeah, and then there are some. They see me coming, and they it's like they, they part the waters. They just find a way so they don't have to face me or go around me or meet me head on. When you were racing funny cars before Top Fuel... Um, Three years, yep. Okay, so tell us the funny car... Okay, which I kind of always think they're cool, and and, and you were racing actually, uh, if I remember correctly, a couple of them were Mustangs, and I'm a big Ford guy, so you know, either I'll, we know there's Keith Black Motors underneath there, but yeah. the, but the Mustang body. So back in those days, did, did were you we, even though you were doing the funny cars and you were still very successful, Top Fuel was just was that your goal? That was that was it. Top Fuel is top dog. Yeah, well, the funny car was a stepping stone for me. When okay. I saw Don Garlitz back in the '60s. Came to South Glens Falls Dragway. Oh my God! What a what a death trap it was then. Uh, he, I saw that guy, and I just I just had had to get there one way, someday, somehow. I was going to get to drive one of those cars. So um, I had a dual engine, double A gas dragster, two Chevys coupled together, run 190 miles an hour, 192, three, four, and five. I could not squeeze 200 mile an hour out of that car. The hell of an oil bath <laughs> when it let go. But uh, it was a beautiful Don Long car, and um, I, I just actually my favorite race car of today. I I wish I could somehow um, build another one just like it, just so I could sit and look at it. But uh, that was my favorite car. The funny cars I drove some wicked iron. I drove a couple Logie cars that were de- death traps. Nothing against the Logie brothers, but these cars were death traps. 
One had a round steering wheel. Are you ready for that? Oh. And, oh, well, I, it was a joke. Uh, but um, uh, the funny thing about the first one is I did not have the muscle enough to pull a shift lever. That's when you had, had low and high. Well, you can't do a burnout in low gear. It just it's, it taxes everything. You can't do it. You have to put it in high gear and do the burnout in high gear and then switch it back as you back up. Well, I had an air slave cylinder, which was a button that I hit. Instead of pulling on a, a lever that I couldn't pull for the life of me, I just hit this big red button, and it would shift. Well, the only trouble with that is you couldn't, you couldn't reverse it back and forth twice. I had, I had no way of getting it out of high back in low. So <laughs> I do. I just met I just made burnouts in the low gear, mastered it, learned the right way, got the RPM right in my head, and just kept it consistent. And that, that whole year in 71, I did burnouts in low gear. And you could, I mean, and you've got to keep that tire as, as not tall. You've got to keep it as flat as you can on a burnout because then it puts a wide footprint down. You get it to RPM crazy, the tire grows like nuts. And your your footprint is you know six inches sh- uh, uh, more shallow than it would be if you keep the RPM low. Got it? Got it. <laughs> it's a little bit you know it tests your your will a little bit, but uh, they were fun to drive. I would I could drive one today. I have no doubt in my mind. Hey, if whoever's been out there in a funny car could drive one, you think I could drive a funny car with my eyes closed? And that's the attitude I have because I, you know, that's the one thing I gathered in my career. That's the one thing I did in my lifetime is I learned how to drive a race car. And that no one can take that away from me. They don't try. They know that I was able to, you know, give it what it took. And somehow, some way, I got good results. I'm thankful. Well, Shirley, we're up against the clock. I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio on Cars. And uh, you know what? I'm, 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 well, not sure. You're a little closer now, but that's okay. We still talk on the phone. But I would definitely like to have you back on the show here sometime in the near future. In the meantime, I want to congratulate you. Uh, Women's History Month and for your, all the cool stuff that you did in, during your career in drag racing and, and then the trails that you blazed. And again, thank you for coming on our show this evening. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Well, you take care. Hope your little doggy's doing okay too. So, oh, and uh, my little Missy, yes, I had a scare today. My little Missy. <laughs> all right. Too many treats. Too many treats. All right. You take care. Thank you very much. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners and Shirley Cha Cha Muldowney, the first lady of drag racing, for coming on our show this evening. Super, super interview. In the meantime, don't forget check us out here every Tuesday between seven and eight p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.